All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of the Quality Control Show, our very first remote episode. Um, we're recording at different studios today. And Zach, what are we going to have the pleasure of discussing? Today, we are discussing this new 2022 Viking movie called The Northman. Um, I was, was really a real excited. Sleeper. To... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, I was really excited to see this movie. I remember when the trailer came out, the first thing I did was send it to you, and I was like, hey, we're watching this. <laughs> yeah, it looked sick. I mean, it just looked like a grisly Viking thriller with tons of violence and action. And I feel like, honestly, just with all the movies we've been getting, we haven't gotten anything like that in a long time. Yeah, it was like a simple premise and executed really well. And I, it was like a breath of fresh air for me at least where it was like i'm not dealing with the multiverse variants of my main character or, or some bullshit and it's just like a classic revenge story told well exactly and that's the thing it's like we heard it was going to be a classic revenge story and that was just so refreshing because we haven't gotten something like that in a while but then it's also like they have to do it well or else it can just be its own little disaster so we were both pretty excited, and I have to say, we came out of there feeling pretty good about what we saw. Yeah, this movie absolutely bangs. It, it gives was you everything you want. Oh, yeah. It's a simple story that anyone can follow. Um, it's rated R, and it uses its rated R to be fucking awesome. And absolutely. extremely authentic to, like, Viking lore and culture. And I, I, looking back on it, I'm just like, man, it was a whole package. Yeah, it does everything it sets out to do extremely well. I think this film is a masterclass in executing a simple idea perfectly to the T. It gives you everything you want and just a little bit more. Well, and... yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing, right? So, like, this director is Robert Eggers, and he also directed The Witch and the Lighthouse, which are, like, horror movies, right? But they mm -hmm. do the same thing, where it's like, for example, The Lighthouse, two guys stranded on an island. Okay, that's pretty simple. I can get along with that. The Witch is just like, these old school people are being haunted. Pretty simple premises, all these movies. And they're just executed so well. It's so enjoyable to watch all of these. And he does it here again, even when he's got like three times the normal budget. Yeah, and what I thought was really cool, again, I haven't seen these two other movies. I'm not quite the film buff like Zach over here. Oh, shut but... up. But, um, you know, just like from a cinematography standpoint, I do get the feeling like a lot of uh, scenes in this movie where, again, Vikings were like these fucking savages who did crazy shit that by today's standards are just barbaric as hell. But I feel like the cinematography and the soundtrack almost you could get a little bit of those like horror elements in there. Not that it was scary, but more just like unnerving. If that yeah, dude, sense. it's like almost straight up art house sometimes. Yeah, especially in the beginning. And Zach and I were both saying, like, after watching this movie, because this movie is unexpectedly really artistic in the cinematography, the writing, all of it, even the soundtrack is incredible. But we were saying this movie is what we wanted the Green Knight to be. Yeah, if you if you guys have listened to our Green Knight episode, it was something similar to this, where simple premise. Knight goes on adventure to gain glory or whatever. And that one was a slog. It was like it just completely drowning in its artistic shots. Spending just so much time 
wasting our time. Just, yeah, this exactly. One is we got all of that beauty in the shots. Also, I didn't feel like my time was being wasted at all. And it had what a story, a, so that was cool. What a scathing review. It's been so much time wasting our time, but I totally feel that. That's what it was. Exactly. I mean, especially when you have such a simple premise, it's like, dude, come on. We got to um, get there at some point. Yeah. Do you just want to break this down? Like, yeah, I, I, the movie? I think we just break it down. So this is your Viking revenge story, basically, <laughs> to keep it simple. But it starts off and we follow... Um, Amleth. Amleth, yeah. Amleth is his name. So we follow Amleth as a kid. And we're essentially introduced to him and his family when he's a kid. And his father's like the king... Of, or like a Viking chief, right? I don't remember. Yeah, he's like the he's the king of a of a Viking clan who's just returned from from pillaging, and we get to see him, you know, like embrace his son and his wife. And from our perspective, everything here seems pretty pretty hunky fucking dory, uh, but it's not so simple. <laughs> yeah. So like he comes home, um, the the dad's. It's like super nice to him. He's like, oh, it's been so long, son. And then the dad and the wife, or the dad and the mom are getting along, and it's like all happy. And just pre pretty simple, basic stuff. We get set up to the uncle. Um, and you immediately all... know is evil. He's like dressed <laughs> yeah. in all black. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's all nice. Everyone's having a good time. And then the, I think the thing that will turn the most people off is that the weirdest shit happens at the beginning. Yeah, so whenever I watched this the first time, Zach and I didn't watch it together. Um, well, we did, but I watched it with Adam the first time. And it starts off pretty weird. Basically what happens is the king got brutally injured in battle and he's going to die. Like, if he doesn't die in battle, he's like gonna just waste away, essentially. And so he's like, well, I gotta fall by the sword, but I have to basically take Amleth through this rite of passage sort of weird shit um for him to like become king and it is very fever dreamy like it's pretty strange they basically disrobe go into this temple of odin which has this whole cave thing underneath and they crawl down there they start acting like wolves and dogs and there's just like an old shaman dude with a loincloth in there who just looks like okay, a crackhead old shaman guys willem dafoe in a loincloth, like, <laughs> screaming at them, calling them dogs. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's just, it's like, um, it really takes you out. That's how I felt the first, when I first saw it, when I was first, like, uh, watching yeah. it. Because I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? This was <laughs> but the I, most But I knew that night. you said, you said that this was a good movie, and I was like, bro, what is happening right now? No, I, I was honestly shaking in my boots, because I was like... If Zach just hates this scene so much that it ruins the movie for him, like, I'll get it. Because it's pretty rough. But this is probably the most, like, overly gratuitous the film is with how artistic and weird it is. And then it gets a lot more straightforward after this. And but, I, I will say, like, this was a fever dream and I didn't know what was going on. But after watching the movie, I really enjoy it more. Where it makes more sense to be there. Because... Even though it does kind of throw you in the deep end, this whole movie is more like a mystical tale than a real story, if that makes sense. 
where there's right. like there's like prophecies and rituals and destiny and like otherworldly shit going on throughout this movie. Yeah, it's and really so, it's really weird and fever dreamy, but when you realize like there is a supernatural element to this film, it's like um mm -hmm. it's like a like a like a I don't know, like a legend almost as opposed yeah, to like a yeah. story of nonfiction that's being portrayed. That's when you're just like, okay, like it's weird and there's all this stomany magic shit, but that's just like part of this world. <clears throat> right, right. So looking back on it, it's not it's, it's not nearly as bad. But man, it throws you in. Especially like when it's the first like one of the first things you see in the movie, you're like, oh god, like what's what's gonna happen now? Yeah, for sure. But then it shows um, out. Yeah, so basically we see that this is Amleth's rite of passage and he swears an oath to avenge his father should he ever die and he is now a man essentially mm -hmm. going through and this. one of the things i think is really cool about this movie is like again that supernatural element it's like when you touch the blood of like someone you have like ancestral relation to you like see your like family bloodline like as a you king. literally see your family tree yeah, and it was cool because like after Amleth did the the ritual and touched his father's blood, he like sees himself at the top of the family tree as like a Viking chieftain. It's just super cool the way it's done, and the the soundtrack is just slapping as it's <laughs> yeah. showing it to you too. It, <laughs> it just does it so well. So that's the whole thing. He makes a vow that if his father is to ever fall in battle, then he must avenge his father. And then that happens like two seconds after we get out of this building. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like one of those promises where you're like, I'll for sure do that later. And then it just, like, oh, well, here the fuck we are. Sorry, kid. You're doing this tomorrow. Yeah. So they, they finish all that and they walk outside. And right as they walk outside, Alan's father gets shot. It's like a drive-by. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay. Now the movie has started. That's exactly. what it felt like for me. Like the setup's over and we're in. Um, because turns out, evil ass looking brother, the uncle, is evil, and like he's up... looking like the Viking version of Scar, essentially. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's super evil, and he comes up, and uh, Amleth manages to run away, and he kills the king. Yeah, Boom. King gets bodied. Boom. Sees the sees his uncle carry his mom away, kicking and screaming. And I thought this shot was really cool because Amleth is basically just running through this town that's getting sacked to hell, and there's like dead bodies being thrown over the wall and almost hitting him. And it's, I mean, it's pretty fucking brutal, which is of course what makes this movie so cool. Yeah, and, one thing one thing I like is that they set up this character where Amleth is on the run and he gets jumped by this fucking schmuck as a kid mm -hmm. and he cuts his nose off and he's like oh great a child character that's not fucking useless yeah yeah first of all it's not useless and you know it's a great setup because we're going to be seeing this guy a whole bunch more mm -hmm. the and it's a good setup rest. to how amleth gets away which i thought was interesting yeah because uh voldemort as we called him after you know a five-year-old <laughs> takes his nose from him, he, like, comes over to the uncle. He's like, the boy's dead. He uh, threw him in the ocean. I, I promise I'm yeah. not lying. And yeah, then I'm the uncle's like, pussy. Yeah. I promise. 
he took my nose, but he couldn't take my balls. And then he's like, yeah, so he's dead. And uncle's like, cool, for sure. It sounds good. And then Amleth is, takes this boat, like this little fucking canoe out to the ocean in a storm. And I just love that scene of him like reciting to himself, like, I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill uncle. I forget his name, Scar. Uncle and, evil guy. Yeah, uncle evil guy. And then it like pans out to him in this fucking vast ocean. And he's just like, you, you understand that he's, uh, he's fucked up. And he's yeah. like dead set on this idea. Um, and then we get a time skip. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. It did not wait too long for the time skip. Because like we got yeah. the fundamentals. Like this is the crux of the story. Now we get to badass old Amleth who is ripped as shit and is like eight feet tall. <laughs> yeah, so we do a little time skip. And I liked how it wasn't just, oh, here he is now. It does this really nice shot of on this river and it shows this barbarian warship rowing down the river and it's like you kind of follow this warship and then you eventually realize as the camera settles on amleth that this is now the kid and he's a fucking monster he looks so scary and cool (laughs) yeah yeah and like the, they don't waste any time, like, throwing you into the shit. Like, this Viking warship is about to go pillage some fucking settlement on the edge of nowhere. And, like, they're just straight up murking civilians, like, fishing on the river. Like, just hitting <laughs> yeah. them with bows and arrows. Like, no witnesses. Fuck all that. And then we get, like, a... I, I thought it was cool. Like, it's definitely kind of weird. But it just seems like some Viking shit to me. Where they're, like, around the campfire. And they're, like, singing and, like, screaming and howling. Um, yeah, they're and, turning into animals, just like, yeah. like the beginning. And one thing that I thought was interesting, the movie doesn't really show you this, but I guess like you kind of get it, is I was watching an interview with the personal trainer who got, uh, what's the name of the actor again, Zach? Alexander Skarsgård. So it was the personal trainer who was getting Alexander Skarsgård ready for the role. And like the cool thing about his Amleth's character is like in this raiding party, there are like two groups there's the wolves who are like really fast and agile and the bears who are really strong and the lore wise like amleth is like both if that makes sense like he is as strong as a bear and as fast as a wolf and he's just like the apex predator in this Mm -hmm. group and i mean you see it because the next scene they just straight up jump this this like fortress with the settlement in it and amleth is just cutting through these dudes well yeah it's so great because you go straight from this ritual setup and then they're at the fortress and it's not there's there's no dumbass scene where they're explaining the plan because nobody cares they're just here and they're like sneaking up on this place and then they get seen and this was the first this this was when i realized that this movie was going to be fucking awesome (laughs) you said something yeah was when from the fortress, from like the top of the wall, they throw down a spear, and Amleth catches it out of midair and does a 360 reverse spin and chucks it right back into the guy. And it was like him. some, it was like some Achilles shit. Yeah, no, and like I was sitting there, and then when that happened, Zach was like, "Did he just catch that fucking spear?" <laughs> yeah, dude, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was the it's coolest so cool. thing I've ever seen. We're only 20 <laughs> minutes into this movie. Yeah, it's um, it's really cool. So then it's 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 balls to the walls from there. They're charging the fortress and they're literally like just climbing the wall because they're beasts. 
Um, yeah, he's using his hatchet to scale the wall and is like just hacking people up, like as he's going up there. And then mm-hmm. he, dude, I the scene it's just like some crazy athleticism shit where like he gets up there, uses his uh, hatchet to kill some dudes, and then he like jumps off the wall and like WWE kicks a dude off of a horse and <laughs> rolls out of it. I'm like, holy shit, this man is a monster. Yeah, and then we get this, uh, so many shots in this movie are so great, because you get this fantastic shot where essentially you're just panning, or not panning, I guess you're like dollying from left to right across this battlefield, and you're just watching Amleth essentially just mow his way through it. And you're seeing like so many interesting things in the background. So like Amleth is splitting a dude in half in front of you, Mm -hmm. up against the house. And then in the background you see like, people trying to defend their families from these berserkers. Yeah, it's like, like a women. one shot, it's like a one shot panoramic, like you said, like on a dolly where it's like, you're getting Amleth committing war crimes. And then, <laughs> and then like, yeah, a section of like a house full of people trying to hide or like a woman trying to like kill, get sneak up on some dude with a dagger to like defend her children. And it's just like, mm, you know, this is really cool, but I don't feel good about what I'm seeing either. <clears throat> yeah. And another great thing that I liked, was it showed that Amleth is unstoppable. Like, no one even gets close to stopping mm-hmm. him at all. He's an absolute monster, which is set up for the rest of the movie, basically, when he's a monster throughout the whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute beast. And he cuts his way all the way through, and then, and then it ends really abruptly, which was kind of interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Because then it you wasn't... just get a, sh- a shot of, like, all the Chad Vikings just, like, chilling out drinking milk and just like hurting up all these slaves yeah because i feel like in a different movie you'd be like oh we have to to have this 1v1 this really intense battle against this specific guy you know like we have to kill the general or whatever yeah like nah dude but there was no face off Amlet, that's not like, how no real life works <laughs> yeah exactly it's kind of just like you cut everyone up until it's over mm-hmm yeah, like, Amleth, just no one even got close to him, too, you know? Like, there was no face-off, there was no final fight. Amleth just killed everyone, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah, um, and it was great. And then, you know, they throw a couple people in a barn, light it on fire, and lock them in. <laughs> As Vikings that, do. That wasn't very cash money, but <laughs> it was how it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just some Viking shit, man. <laughs> They're just... Fucking <laughs> brutal. With lots of slaves, and the ones who weren't strong enough to be slaves, they just burned alive, you know? Just, I guess this was just what you fucking did back then. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, like, Amleth doesn't really, like, raise any concerns or anything. He's not just, like... I appreciate that, they, like, Amleth wasn't just, like, this stoic good guy who was like, we can't kill the civilians. Like, I mean, if you're just some Viking who grew up in this time, that's just what you did. And he doesn't say yeah, that. Yeah, and he's he a also... barbarian. He's, like, essentially just a beast at this point. Right. But at that point, too, like, or to feed off of that, Amleth is also not, like, you know, like, fucking everyone's daughters and having, like, a party. He's kind of like Viking Batman, where he's just, like, brooding all the time, which is kind yeah. of badass. Because, like, he knows that he didn't avenge his father at this point. And then he is walking through the town at night while everyone else is fucking and drinking and celebrating. And he gets visited by, I could be wrong, but I believe this was a portrayal of Freya, who comes oh, to no him. Uh, yeah, um, 
I can look into that, but some form of Viking deity who I believe was Freya comes and basically reminds him of his duty to his father. And what I thought was really cool was like, again, in that scene where he and his dad are like acting like fucking dogs in a basement, um, William Defoe gives him like this representation of a tear or takes it from him and says like, this is the last tear you will ever shed in weakness and you will receive it back when you need it the most. And then Freya gives it back to him to remind him of his promise to his father, which is really cool. Yeah, and this and this is where the mystical element really comes into play, right? So you have whoever this lady is, some spirit, and she essentially gives or, or reminds Amleth of his vow and gives him a prophecy of the future, where it's like, um, like this is your mission and this is what you're gonna do, and she talks about like the maiden king and all that, and. This is where it becomes like a legend instead of like a real story, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's def- like this whole prophecy thing feels like like the Viking version of like a Greek fable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, yeah, she's like, stop being a pussy and go kill the guy who killed your dad. And he's like, damn. I'm he's like, all right, bet. Yeah, uh, literally like hardly any words. I-, I appreciate that like, I mean, I think uh, Skarsgård did just a really good job, like, bordering the line of, like, Emleth being this man-of-few-words, Batman, stoic type of character, but whenever he did have his voice lines, they were very impactful every time. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he was the kind like of guy where, thing. Like, if he's talking, he has something to say. That's yeah, and I, I just really appreciated it. It seems It's like a subtle thing, but as a character who doesn't say much, he says everything he needs to say. Just really good character acting. And so he basically finds out that some of the slaves are being sent to his uncle. And he disguises himself as a slave. Well, and Yeah, before that, the interesting part about this movie, or the thing that I found the most interesting, was the way that it plays with the whole revenge story. Where it's like, mm-hmm. usually you have your revenge story and there's there's some twists and turns or whatever. But in this one, it's like, He's taking revenge on his uncle for everything he did. And he finds out that the uncle essentially got blasted by... Like the, another Viking chieftain just swept in and took the kingdom like right yeah. after his uncle did? Yeah, he I forgot it. who it was. I think they named it. But it's like someone else came in and absolutely blasted him. And so now the uncle has run away to Russia. Um, to or Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, because he's in Russia. He's, he runs to Iceland to get away because he just got wrecked, essentially. So it's not like... I, I would say it's just more interesting than your normal story mm-hmm. with that small thing. Because you expect to find the uncle at like the height of his power in his big castle with his army and Amleth is going to go fight him there. But the uncle has like retreated and has like his own like a little thief, like he still has soldiers and stuff, but he definitely isn't like a king of anything at this point. It's like a smaller type of settlement. And like, right. On one hand, you're just like, that's less interesting, but it almost, I think very cleverly rubs more salt in the wound because the, one of Amlet's like fellow Vikings um, says like, yeah, he, he like, he took the kingdom for nothing. Like all those people died for nothing. What an idiot, basically. Yeah, essentially. 
And it's just like, and like Amleth is like, oh, cool. So my mom got abducted and my dad was killed and all the, my home was raised for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's going to go solve that problem. Yeah, um, real quick. Yeah, he brands himself a slave and hops on a slave ship and makes his way to evil uncle. Mm-hmm. And then he meets one of our other protagonists on the ship who I think yeah, is Olga. really... Yeah, Olga, uh, whose name is a lot uglier than the actress who plays her. Yeah. Like, actually just played by, like, an elf. Like, someone who I'm convinced <laughs> is just an elf. Yeah, and she's like an earth witch or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the name of the actress that plays her? Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy plays this... Yeah, she's like a... Like, some fucking forest witch. Who... I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, especially whenever we get into, like, some of the more, like... Uh, magical aspects of the film later on but she's really cool and he kind of like helps her because they get caught in a storm and like he keeps her from just like falling overboard and then he like bashes his fucking head against the mast and wakes up in the morning and she's taking care of him but one thing that i also think is cool about her is like she's really clever and immediately the looks him is like this dude is not a slave like this dude's a fucking viking chad and she's like hey look man like if you want to pass off as a slave you can't be you know, looking, you know, absolutely shredded, lurking around. Well, that is one kind of interesting thing about this movie is that Amleth looks like a fucking beast. Um, he's absolutely shredded and he's like six feet tall and looks just looks like he could destroy anyone he looks at. And they treat him like he's some bum-ass slave. Yeah. And I just like, thought that was so funny. Like, even walking in a line with the other slaves when they're all chained together, this dude is, like, two feet taller than Twice as tall else. as everyone else. Yeah. It's like, okay, so who enslaved Master Chief? <laughs> yeah, you know? What the fuck? And, like, um, I just think it's funny because, like, we can skip ahead a little bit. Like, they get to the shore and Voldemort is there, which is a nice little callback. And then they have to hurt all the slaves through this shit, sto- like, the shithole that is Iceland. Olga and um, our protagonist, Amleth, like, they get closer and talk a little bit, and, like, you can see they're clearly going to become friends and join forces. And then we get to the point where the uncle, who we see, like, has two sons now, an older one and a younger one, and, like, this little small thief, they're evaluating these slaves and which ones they want to buy. And they're acting, like, really picky and choosy, like, oh, you know, like, none of these guys look really good. It's like, dude... Amleth looks like more of a beast than a man. He looks like he's worth three slaves. Exactly. Like, that is worth, that guy's worth five men. Like, how are you acting like this dude isn't... Because they're just like, oh, you know, like, the stock of slaves isn't as good as it used to be. Dude, what are you talking about? It's like the perfect biological male. Yeah. Uh, so... It's just, like... It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, watching it. It's funny, too. It's like... Like, they're acting like, because obviously, um, obviously Amleth wants to be bought by his uncle so he can skullfuck them later, but he needs to be, like, there. And they're acting like, ah, you know, I don't know if we need any of these slaves. None of them are looking up to par. And then Amleth just, like, beats the shit out of, like, another slave next to him to, like, prove that he's strong. And they're like, yeah, that one right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is showing you that Amleth doesn't give a fuck. Um, and he's gonna do what he, what he needs to do. Yeah, like the slave great. next, the slave next to him was like, "God, I miss my family." And then Hamlet just donkey punches him. 
<laughs> out of line, essentially. Um, and so then they're like, yeah, this dude's strong. He's got what it takes. So they buy Amleth, and then they also buy Olga and a few other women to like help in the kitchen or whatever. Um, not saying that is like a misogynistic thing. That's actually what they say. Not trying to get canceled. Um, yeah, they're like <laughs> sex slaves too. Yeah, yeah. Especially like a creepy ass uncle like buys Olga specifically to be a sex slave, which is like real uncomfortable the way he says it. He's like, keep her hair along. Like, bro, that is creepy as shit. But anyway, you know, that's just it's some just Viking how shit. how Vikings were, bro. That's just some <laughs> Viking shit, exactly. Like, you have to so, remind yourself, like, this is fucking awful, but these guys were, like, a step above Neanderthals. Yeah, and so then we also get introduced to Amleth's cousin, which is... I don't remember who it is. It's the guy in, like, a goatee. Yeah, it's like some, he looks like he belongs in some kind of Shakespeare villain shit, not this movie, but no, he does a good job. He, we actually see him as a baby in the beginning, the uncle had, right. had him, and he's grown up now, and he's like this super dickhead, like turbo douche canoe, like 18-year-old asshole, yeah, really just entitled and thinks he's like amazing, just running this little shit thief on like the edge of the world, but he's feeling pretty good about himself, and he's just like... It's funny, because he is just such a dick to Amleth. Like, he's just straight up disrespecting this man. Like, I'll put you down like a dog. He's like, bro, I promise you, you won't. You weigh like 120 pounds soaking wet, and this man, who's like 300 pounds of raw muscle, who's like a crossbreed between a bear and a human. There's <laughs> no way. Um, so, so, yeah, and then... Uh, he's essentially a slave. Um, and I liked how the first thing he does, it's first night, is he, they're all in like the slave pen or whatever, and he climbs out, and the he first thing he does time. is he goes to get a knife to go kill this man. And I was like, yeah, that's nice. what I would probably do too. Yeah. Um, it's not like, there's no fucking around when it comes to Amleth. Um, and he goes and tries to get a knife, and he realizes that he won't be able to, or he'll be caught. Mm -hmm. and so he can't but and i think also because like he's gonna steal the knife and he's just gonna like fucking kill everyone in this village and then he sees like his he sees his mom like shooing a fox away from the hen house and then he kind of realizes like i probably need to talk to my mom or figure out what's going on with her before i just start killing everyone yeah yeah, yeah uh which is good that's like a realistic reason not to just like fucking kill everyone um so then he goes back to sleep, and then the next day, some dudes are walking with like a carpet, and they're gonna like bring it into the house, and it just like pushes some dudes like go take a piss, and then he <laughs> yeah. he hopped onto the to the rug train and goes into the house to scout it out, and then he sees his mom like combing his uncle's hair, some bullshit. Yeah, and, and then so there we got confirmation that the mom's still alive, mm -hmm. um, and so she's there to be saved. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like, okay, cool, two birds with one stone, Amleth knows his mom's alive now, and we get some dialogue with Olga, where she's like talking to him, and like, Olga is absolutely like simping for this man, I mean, understandably, and she's like on board, she's like, who are we killing, what are we doing? And like this part, I mean, I just thought this was so funny, because she's like, you found your mom, that's great, she's like, if I go missing, will you come for me too? Will you find me too? And like two guards take her away and Amleth says nothing. He's like, damn, that's not my problem. Yeah. Which this man's on a mission. 
which makes sense. Like Amlet's whole life purpose is to get revenge. And I think it's pretty understandable. He's like, I'm not about to start like making connections with these slaves that I don't really give a shit about while I'm here. Like I'm in and out. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Which makes sense. Um, and then, so, so then this night, he that's, goes the sword arc, right? <laughs> yeah. So this night he sneaks out and he finds the special Fox. Um, and the special fox leads him to this cave where the shaman is. William Defoe. Well, no, th- well, you, we get led to the cave where the shaman is, who has William Defoe's head. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, he says some weird ass shit, but... It's funny, too, he's... because, like, the shaman is just saying shit, and you and the audience are like, what the fuck is this dude saying? And then Amleth is like, what the fuck are you talking about, essentially? <laughs> it's like, oh, thank God, like a normal person. Yeah, and so then Amleth needs to talk to William Defoe, who is hella dead. And yeah, so the shaman the pulls shaman... his skull out of his, was... like, knapsack. <laughs> The shaman was like, yeah, your uncle, like, took his ears off, carved his eyes out, and took his tongue out. But don't worry, I pickled his head, and now he's our buddy, (laughs) our little buddy. Yeah, we hang out all the time. So he brings out his head, does some weird-ass shit, and then Amlet just starts talking to Willem Dafoe through his head. Yep. And and essentially gets the the next step in the quest, which is... We need the legendary sword. We need the legendary knight blade. And you have oh, to we... fight a Draugr, what are they called? Yeah, a Draugr. Draugr. You have to fight a mystical being to get it. And, dude, we get the badass, because, like, he starts talking about the sword, which is what they could have done, but we get the badass, like, as he's, as William Defoe is breaking down with the sword, he's, like, made of the hardest steel, and you see, like, three jacked Viking men with hammers all, like... They're, like, in a volcano. Yeah, like, smithing the shit out of this thing, carving runes into it, and you have, like, the Viking just, like, hoo as they're, like, (laughs) raising it into, like, into the volcano. It is so over-the-top and badass. It's, like, this... You don't even gotta tell me. This is a legendary item. Yeah, I need this sword stats. is legendary. Absolutely. Like, it was smithed in Smaug's fire, and we need it. <laughs> yeah, and so basically they explain that the sword can only be drawn at night or at the gates of hell. That's the rules. Pretty badass. But it's fucking sick, so you need mm-hmm. it. <laughs> that is a considerable limiting factor, but it's also cool as fuck, so we're just gonna <laughs> roll with it. I think they say it, like, never blunts or can cut through anything or something. Yeah, it can cut through anything. It's like a it's like a fucking shard blade essentially. <laughs> um anyway, so he says, Alright, I'm in. Um and, oh and then they say whenever you fight the beast or the Draugr, never fight it in the darkness or something like that. They say it a lot more cryptically, yeah. like beware the beware the rays of the moon. And Amleth is immediately like, okay, cool, so I need the moonlight for something. Thanks. Yeah. I'm no shaman. Yeah, thanks, William Defoe. So he leaves, um, and he goes to one of like the burial uh, mounds, digs it up, and then hops in. And I mean, it's just it's a pretty cool arena because you got like it's like a an entire buried Viking longboat with this scary looking Draugr who you immediately know is going to come alive sitting in the throne with the sword. It's it's like straight up a boss dungeon, and he just hops yeah, in yeah, yeah. and. Tries to get the sword, and the Draugr stands up, and it's go time. I also like that the Draugr is like nine feet tall. 
Like this, this isn't just a skeleton guy. This is like a supernatural being almost. Yeah, it's a Goliath Draugr, which is cool. And you know, Amleth is actually like challenged for the first well, time. Yeah, so Amleth like picks up a sword off the ground or something, and it immediately breaks because you know this is this thing has been sitting here for like hundreds of years. Well, I I was also thinking like the um. Yeah, it's been sitting there for 100 years, but I was like, oh, like this, because the Draugr is using the Nightblade. And so I was like, oh, so this blade is just like cutting through like another sword because it's that good. Oh, yeah, that could be it, too. I just thought it was because it was fucking old. And Amleth was sitting like scrambling for anything to use. Yeah, like he's like picking up items and then the blade is cutting right through all of them. And Amleth essentially gets the upper hand by the moonlight. Um, the Draugr has to dance around it. So Amleth bashes, he picks up a fucking, I think it's like an oar or something, and just bashes the Draugr into the moonlight, takes the sword, and cuts his head off, which is super fucking cool. Um, yeah, and then it ends with him, like, transporting back to where he was, picking up the sword off the dead skeleton, which was really interesting. Um, right. Because it gives you this idea that that wasn't real, or that it was all in his mind, or I don't know. Yeah, it, it makes supernatural kind of, fuckery. Yeah, some super. You just think like this is some new supernatural shit. Like, did it happen? Did it not happen? Like, I still like. I feel like as the audience, you still get the sense that if he lost the fight, he for sure would have died. But it's just like what's real and what's not. And then he. Well, yeah. But, well, the interesting thing is like the sword's definitely real. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, this is definitely a supernatural blade. So, like, the danger had to have been real. And this is something that I think is really interesting in the film. Like, there are, like, there's things like the sword, which are clearly supernatural and have rules. But then there are, like, other aspects of the film where it's like, is something supernatural going on? Or is it, like, the character's interpretation of what's happening? That makes sense? Um, right like the, yeah yeah like the thing with odin and olga and all that uh, with the valkyrie well some stuff is definitely the gods definitely help him out especially at the end yeah exactly exactly um but yeah so he's got the night blade and obviously he sprints back to town to go take care of business because he's he's ready to go yeah, he doesn't waste any time. Same, like, in the same night, he meets the shaman, gets the sword, and he's like, I don't need to wait for the sun to come up. I'm just gonna fucking kill this dude. Right, so he goes back to town, and he's, like, sneaking through town trying to find the king, and, or evil uncle. And turns out, evil uncle is, like, at the slave girl pit, trying to find the sex slave, essentially. Yeah, it's like he's been out drinking with some of the other men, and he's like, get your ass to beds, boys. I'm going to go have sex with one of my slaves. And then, yeah, it, it doesn't um, work out. You got and this. And then, well, yeah, okay. So basically, he finds Anya Taylor-Joy, Olga. He finds Olga, and he's like, I want to fuck this one. And she is on her period, essentially. And so he's like, that's gross. I'm not doing that. But this sucks. <laughs> and yeah. he's like really pissed about it. And I mean, it's just some Viking misogyny. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And also, um, as he's like talking to Olga and just saying some horrible shit, um, Amleth sees this and is about to like draw the sword to kill his uncle. But then the sun comes up over the horizon, like the sunrise begins, and he can't 
pull the sword out and he's like, ah, shit, you know, like it can't be now because my sword yeah. doesn't work. My, I loved how they did this because right as he goes to pull the sword, the rooster crows. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh my God, that's terrible timing. Yeah. But I feel like I just see this in a worse movie, bro, where he's like, oh man, the sun's coming up. I better hurry. Like he just says that, you know? Right. Or he, or like the rooster crows and he's like, oh damn, this is the night blade. I can't draw this when the sun's up. I feel like this is a movie that respects that you were paying attention, and so you yeah. understand what's going on. Yeah, a film that respects the audience's intelligence is always really appreciated. Like, it doesn't just say, like, well, gee, Willikers, I was gonna kill him, but then the sun came up. I was like, no, dude, the, the we got it. crowed. I can see the sun. Thank I was, you, movie. I was there when William Defoe was describing the Nightblade. I get it. <laughs> yes, and yes. It's, and it's Thank pretty you, cool, because he, he hops up on the roof, um, and like they're vikings so they have like these sod roofs and so he hides the sword under under one of these roofs and says like ah you know this makes sense because the legend says i'm supposed to kill him in a burning lake yeah like, the, the prophecy is he will kill him in a burning lake um so he can't do it yet essentially right. uh, also this this proves that the sword's real like yeah he literally could not draw it because it was daytime mm -hmm. exactly yeah natural maybe it's real maybe it's not but yeah. No, I, I definitely think that sword is real because like several other people try to draw it. Yeah. Like throughout the movie during the day, and it just doesn't work, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah. This useless shit. Um, and then oh, and then this next one is the uh, I don't even I don't even know the name of the game. It's it's the the shitty Quidditch arc. Oh yeah, yeah. So the the cousin essentially hires Amleth. He's like, "Hey, Amleth." You want to go beat some ass in this game? <laughs> He's like, fuck it, I'm in. Well, the shitty cousin, like, oh, saunters up to Amleth on his fucking pony or whatever. He's like, you there, slave. Can you fight? Again, dude. Look at him. Yeah, I mean, this man's a monster. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, all right, you know, you're on the team. Amleth doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. Uh, and then, like, a bunch of these other slave dudes caravan with, the like, the royal family uh to basically the middle of nowhere to play this game against again opposing families like team okay so amleth is basically out there with three other dudes and they have sticks and there's like a goal post like an actual just wooden post on each side and they're supposed to fight each other over a ball in the middle. And it, there doesn't seem to be any rules. You can beat someone's ass with a stick. You can punch, kick, do whatever. And then you have to, like, basically bounce the ball off of the other post, either by, like, hitting it with a stick or throwing it or whatever. You just get a point by hitting the ball against the opposing team's post. And yep. it's fucking brutal. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. I mean, these guys are straight up murdering each other in this game. It's just a bunch of slaves killing each other. And it sets up that there's this big-ass dude on the other team who's one-shotting everyone on Amleth's team. And he's essentially bullying Amleth. And, you know, Amleth doesn't want to go sicko mode here because he wants to pretty much lay low, I think. And so as the game continues, I mean, people just keep dying. And it turns into, like, a 1v1 against Amleth and this big-ass dude. The name of the game is Not Likir, the Viking ball game. Anyway, All right. The more you know. The more you know. There you go. Um, so this, th these guys square off. 
This and guy is huge. This guy, Amleth, is uh, is up against is huge. I mean, he basically looks he's like, like the mountain from Game of Thrones. He's like Buff Hagrid. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so then, you know, they they get in a scuffle, and the ball gets dropped like out in the field. And so the stupid ass kid from the royal family. I was literally about to say the stupid ass kid. Like. <laughs> yeah. So this dumbass kid runs into the field and picks up the ball. It starts like heading to go score or whatever. He's, and then of he's... course his family, because this is the uncle's youngest son, and he's they're all just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. And, and so Hagrid, essentially, he realizes that this is free. He gets to kill this kid, and he probably just thinks it'd be dope because he hates the royal family. Because well, a first slave. he like first he like pushes the kid from behind because the kid's fucking he's like eight, and so he just pushes him over, and the kid like hits his head against a rock and passes out, and it's like okay. That's like the most he'll do, right? And then Hagrid positions the ball next to the kid's temple and is about to driver golf swing, basically decapitate this kid with the ball. Yeah. And it's like, dude, chill the fuck out. Oh my god. Like the kid's probably already dead. Yeah. And then, you know. So then Hamlet literally dives in and proceeds to headbutt this man. And to continues death. to headbutt this man until his skull pops like a watermelon. <laughs> it's just like, Amleth is just built different. His skull is stronger than this other dude's. And it's, I mean, it feels good. Because like this guy was definitely just about to kill an innocent kid. And then Amleth just starts basically beating this dude's skull down, down to China. On the other side uh, of the planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Um... <laughs> And you know, this shows that Amleth kind of does care because he could have just let that kid die. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, why would he give a fuck? Yeah, um, like, Amleth isn't perfect, but he has somewhat of a decently functioning moral He doesn't want to kill kids, you know? Yeah, exactly. What he's here yeah. for. He wants to and like, kill evil uncle. Well, he was clearly, like, I also think it showed, like, he was clearly seeing a little bit of himself in that kid, you know? And he's like, And that kid's that. his half-brother. That so, also, too. There's a lot yeah. going on. Oof, yeah, yeah, for sure. It it gets even more complicated. But anyway, Amleth is like the hero. But yeah, it's uh, just really great stuff. Like that was fucking brutal. And yeah. It's like, yes, that's what I'm here to see, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, movie. <laughs> it sounds it sounds so like Neanderthalic, just like I yeah, I just we just love to see this violence of people dying. But that's the thing that's so great about this movie, I think, is like it's just a violent Viking movie and that's what you're here to see. Well, yeah, if you set up your movie to be violent. If I keep looking at you, Green Knight, like, yes, you yeah. literally don't see anyone else die, basically, except for the main character. <laughs> well choreographed violence. And it was great. Yeah. Um, and then they're having, like, this fucking, like, midsummer festival celebration afterward. And everyone's, like, dancing around and fucking, and they're naked. And Amleth is just chilling because he's Batman. Yeah, he's... Think, of a buff. Think about having any right. It's...
All right, fuck. Oh, he fied and you know he dicks her down so, yeah and... but then also like he's talking about he's been talking about this revenge and she wants to help and everything because she doesn't want to be a slave either but now they're cool in it too. together which is cool too i really appreciated that because i feel like it's so stereotypical for like the the female foil to the main character to be like no you know you don't need violence you don't need this it's just like as the audience, it's like, okay, I don't want someone to try to talk the main character out of this cool shit that I came here to see. Yeah. And instead of that, she's like, cool, like, let's fucking kill these guys. I guess we haven't we really talked about it, but, uh, yeah, Olga, or Anya Taylor-Joy in this movie is really cool, actually. She's fucking like, awesome. She's, she just supports him and all his violent tendencies. Mm -hmm. Well, and, like, he essentially lays out his whole revenge thing, and she's like, okay, like, let's do this. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna kill everyone here, and then we can leave. And, and whenever, like, whenever the king cool. tries to fuck with her in different scenes and stuff, like she just doesn't take it. Um, yeah, it's like a strong, just a strong character. I like, she wasn't just like damsel in distress or whatever. Yeah, yeah, she actively plays a role in helping him <laughs> ruin this fiefdom, which is great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and she so basically then... lays out like, like I'll oh, be the okay. brain and you be the brawn. And he's yeah, like, yeah, sounds yeah. good. So then Amleth sneaks out in the night. Cuts up with a bunch of dudes and nails them to the side of a house in different pieces. In like the shape, in like the crude shape of a centaur. And it is like some <laughs> midsummer horror shit. Like this is like that horror movie shit that like leaks through a little bit. But obviously, like, because it's like the, it's like the shitty douche canoe cousins, like friends that he mutilates like that's me going outside and just seeing Zach pinned up against the side of a building. And I'm just like, holy shit, dude. And what's crazy and really interesting about this too is like Amleth is doing this really intelligently because he is approaching this like he wants them to think something supernatural is going on. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And well, another thing we got to bring up is he doesn't just kill the king because it's prophesied he'll kill him in a burning lake. So he's like, well, if I can't kill him, I will ruin his life. <laughs> And it starts with this. And this is a great start. Yeah, absolutely. The son is, like, losing his shit. And it's funny because it's, like, it's pretty fucking horrifying. Like, I would react the exact same way. I'd be, like, wailing in agony. And then the mom just comes up and slaps him in the face. He's like, don't look weak in front of the slaves. Dude, don't they, they... So they start to think, like... This is when they begin to think that Amleth is, like, an evil spirit haunting them. But don't yeah, they also they... just casually, like, blame Christianity or the Christians? Well, yeah, like, they're, they're like, oh, this is some vengeful wraith come back from the dead. And then they're just like, but it could also be those fucking Christians. And, like, that's just the thing. Like, Vikings, I guess, just hated Christians. And I feel like in every Viking media we've seen, that's just, like, like the Vikings just hated Christians, man. And so they're just like, those dirty Christians might be up to it. You know, it could have been them. And they're just standing there like, God, please just give me a loaf of bread tonight. Like, um, Yep. But anyway... Uh, the uncle's first response here is like, well, clearly some fuckery is going on and he doesn't want there to be a slave revolt. So he arms the slaves. He gives them weapons. And you think like, okay, this is like a pretty trust, like a show of trust. This will be good. But then they kind of just double back and tie all the slaves in like a circle around the settlement to posts. And they're just like stuck there facing the night. Yeah. Like if there was a really an evil spirit, they're essentially cannon fodder 
they're the bait. That's what the guys, that's what the like regular soldiers are like, yep, you're the bait. And I'm going to sit here and eat this lamb stew while you're tied here like a dog with a fucking Yeah, like, so this owl. is, yeah, but that's the interesting part is that this is when the lamb stew is poisoned by Olga. Olga um, puts like the berserk mushrooms, uh, like the really strong hallucinogenic mushrooms. Yeah, she's stew. like, this is a gift from the earth goddess and it's mm -hmm. just some fucking mushrooms. <laughs> Yeah, and I just think it's really cool because like you see, you see Olga and Amleth like rise to the top of their respective posts. Like Amleth is in charge of like the labor slaves, and Olga's like in charge of the kitchen. So when Olga just says, "Hey, fuck off, I'm gonna clean up in here," no one questions it. They're just like, "Cool," and they leave. And then she throws the mushrooms in and gives it out to all of the soldiers, and the soldiers just start tripping balls. Yeah, they're tripping balls like nothing else. Um. Like, there's, there's shots of, a, like, a soldier is, like, stabbing himself in the throat. Yeah, like, how like high that. do you have to be to just start shanking yourself? Yeah. Uh, Voldemort is, like, just swinging around, running around. Um, all these guys are tripping balls. And this yeah. allows Amleth to sneak in to go talk to his mom. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting, too, because all of the soldiers are, like well, they must be possessed by vengeful spirits. And so they start, like, killing uh, killing enemies and stuff like that. Um, I think we actually missed something. It wasn't, like, a huge scene. But I think technically before this, there is that scene where Amleth and the fox are howling, and they get, like, all the dogs in the settlement to, like, jump their masters, and, like, they have to kill all the dogs. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That definitely yeah. happens. That was, like, some <laughs> That's crazy... why they think... That's why they think it's a spirit in the beginning. I yeah, because like uh, the uncle's like dog that you see in like the beginning of the movie, like just straight up tries to kill him and his wife, and they have to put the dog down, which is crazy. And then this whole berserk mushroom thing happens, uh, so that allows Amleth to slip away and talk to his mom, and this is wild. Yeah, so this is great. This is where the movie really steps it up, I think, because Amleth goes to talk to his mom and. You know, you would think the mom's like, oh, well, first of all, he sneaks in there and he hides behind this rug thing, which comes up later. But um, she comes in and they realize that he, you know, he's her son and everything and he's back. And you think like, oh, the mom will be so happy to be saved by her strong, so strapping son. OK, but then we get the twist and the twist is wild. So turns out Amleth's mom is was a sex slave to his dad and she just happened to get pregnant so they got married and it was essentially used and abused her whole life by him and she and basically says that like the only reason she rose to her station is because she gave him a son yeah so then the mom after all this begged the uncle to betray the dad like the uncle didn't even want to do it yeah, she said she got down on her knees and begged him to kill his father. And like and so So Amleth is like obviously horrified and he's like none of this can be true. This is crazy. I was literally there. <laughs> like um and he's like you were screaming while you're being carried away, screaming and crying. And she is like, "Well, no, I was laughing. This was the greatest day of my life or whatever." Mhm. Mm and I thought that was so interesting how whenever you like, it's just the idea that when you're a kid, you can completely, you can see things completely differently based on your point of view. 
And so like, yeah, he like to him, his dad was his hero, but she's like, he was just the only thing he gave a shit about was like his prostitutes and stuff. Yeah. So like at the beginning of the movie, you're seeing all of it from Amlet's point of view. And so everything is so nice and hunky dory where the dad's nice. Mom loves him. Everyone's getting along. And it's like, oh, all this came out of left field essentially for him. But it's just like mm-hmm. that kid perspective where he couldn't understand the nuances to the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's so and, interesting in this fucking violent Viking movie. In a lot of ways, she's like the almost like the main antagonist sort of to this film. Because she or like rather she is the most overtly evil and cruel antagonist. Yes. In the movie. Yeah. Because ob- the uncle's a shithead, obviously. But you, again, like one thing that I liked that we kind of glossed over is like when you first see him with his youngest son, like the first time you see them in their little settlement, he is like teaching his son, like he's like hammering posts and his son is like, why are we doing this? Da, it's slave work. And he's like, well, son, you never know when you're going to be at the top of the world or at the bottom. So it's good to show your slaves that you can at least do the same work as them. It's like, wow. It was actually like some pretty holistic wisdom coming from this guy I'm supposed to hate. Yeah, I, I did forget about that, but that's another example of the story is more nuanced and interesting. Just how like real life would be, you know? Exactly. Like, when revenge on someone, it's got there's way more context. Yeah, to go like the uncle is a bad person, but he, at the very least, he clearly loves his son. Um, and so you basically figure out the mom's a fucking harpy. And Amlet's response, yeah. yeah, and she tries to like, she tries to like get in Amlet's head to steal his sword from him, and this well, she obviously starts Amlet, making out with him, which, which was weird. weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? But she <laughs> is like trying to just get inside of his head to steal his sword by doing that. Like, I mean, I mean that would fucking throw me for a loop if my mom tried to kiss me. I'd be like, I, I'm loading. Like, I don't fucking know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> yeah. And then Amleth is like clearly freaking out and like storms out and then just drives the night blade through her oldest son's heart yeah, dude so he's on the way out right and he's you know he's pretty upset and so the cousin douche cousin is just taking a nap i guess he didn't wake up he didn't hear anything who gives a fuck he's just taking a nap there so amleth just strolls right on over and drives the sword through him like <laughs> like he literally hits the ground under the bed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And steals his heart. <laughs> yeah. So later we find out that he fucking stole his heart. And this is where you see the uncle really begin to freak out. Obviously, his oldest son is dead with his heart removed in the morning. And he's like crying and wailing to the gods like the next day. And the, the uh, again, the mom is like, you need to chill out. The, the slaves are like, you don't want a slave revolt on your hands. They're going to think you're weak. And he's just like, what kind of fuckery is this? Like, who, like, what kind of vengeful spirit? And she is like, she says to him, I told you this is Amleth. And it's like, he doesn't want to believe her. He says, I was told he was dead. It can't be him. And she said, no, he is back. Yeah, it's just a man. Yeah, so, you know, he does, he does the rational thing and just starts randomly killing slaves. Um, hoping that someone will tell him what's really going on. Uh, which is, you know, rational. I'd do that, right? For sure. We can, for we sure, can cut for that sure. out. We can cut that out later. <laughs> um, he starts just killing slaves, and he gets to Olga, 
And so Amleth decides to show himself. And Which is badass, because it's like, you're like, well, damn, because like, like, he can't show himself. It's during the day. The sword doesn't work. It's not the fiery lake. You're like, so I guess Olga's just dead. And then he screams from the top, like, I am, I am vengeance. Oh, yeah, no, this, this little, this short little speech right here is so sweet. Because he's literally holding the heart of his enemy's oldest son. And screaming, like, his royal name and vowing vengeance against him. Yeah, he's like, I am, I am the son of king some, something something, and I am his vengeance. It was pretty cool. You get some goosebumps. And then you're like, well, the sword doesn't work. What's he going to do? And then he just proceeds to start beating the fuck out of these helpless men without even a working sword. Like, he's just using the sheath and bashing their skulls in. You're like, oh, cool. So yeah. this guy doesn't even need a sword, really. Right, but he eventually gets beaten because mm-hmm. that's... But Olga gets away, which is clearly the point. Olga is able to escape because of it. Yeah, he did it to save her, which mm-hmm. is so sweet. What yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, well, um, you know, she's a, she's a ride or die, we figure out later, which is nice. They proceed to just beat the ever-living fuck out of him. Yeah, this dude um, is looking like a fucking tenderized sirloin hanging oh, oh. from... Yeah, because... <laughs> so they don't just kill him instantly? Because even though they have the heart, Amleth is like, how do you know that this is the heart of your son or just some dog? Yeah, like one of like, the dogs that you killed like, the other day. What night. a fucking troll, dude. <laughs> that's great. But, you know, it keeps him alive, so that's why. Exactly, yeah, because he's, like, trying to figure out where his real, like, the son's real heart is. So, yeah, they've got um, Amleth hanging up in this barn, and they've just beaten the shit out of him. And they're like, well, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna go basically perform burial rites on my son, and then we're gonna come back here, and we're gonna deal with you. So they leave. Yeah, and... I actually, yeah, I really liked the whole scene of the burial of the son. It was really interesting. It was like, like one thing I like Viking lore, you know. One thing I like is that you think, well, they're gonna steal the sword because it's a magical blade, but it's during the day, and you see one of the guards on the way out picks up the sword and is like. That was pretty nice. And then he tries to unsheath it, and he can't. And he's just like, what the fuck is the point of this? And then just throws it to the side. Which is like, okay, cool, that makes sense. Like, he thinks it's useless, so that's why Amleth gets to keep his sword. Which I appreciate. Yeah. And and then you get to see the Viking burial, which is really interesting. Like you said, you can keep going with that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Viking lore, essentially. Where they have the sun and everything, and they have to, like... They have to kill a horse because the son's gonna need a horse to ride. Um, like, in the afterlife, just kill a horse. They fucking behead this horse. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Like yeah five, he has like the youngest son of eight. Do it. <laughs> They're just all, and the mom is like covered in blood, like like spraying it on her husband and youngest son, and then um, uh, the douche canoe's wife is like stabbed in the heart. <laughs> And then lays next to him as they burn the ship. It's barbaric as fuck. Yeah. Um, so this is where the supernatural stuff kind of comes in. Because Amleth proceeds to get picked up and saved by a Valkyrie. Well, yes and no. Like, okay, so what you see is the audience. It, it's super cool. Because... Um, you see all these crows who are like the animal of Odin come in after he prays to Odin and they, they snip the rope holding him up. And then 
you get this badass shot of Amleth being carried on the back of a horse ridden by a Valkyrie. The cello is just going insane in the background. And it looks like he's being carried to Valhalla. But then he wakes up on a hot spring and he sees Olga and she's and he's like, you're not a Valkyrie. And she says, no, I didn't carry you that. I didn't carry you as far as Valhalla. I'm not done with you yet. And it kind of makes you think, okay, was he actually saved by Odin or Valkyrie or it was just Olga and that's how he was perceiving the world. You don't really know. And it doesn't just straight up tell you, but right, it's, yeah. it's just really artistically done. And it's, it's just really cool in my opinion. I'm calling bullshit on Olga saving him. That I was think, about no, I think, I think Olga saved him. I think Olga is the one who, who rescued him. And that's just how he interpreted it. Cause that dude was like half conscious on death's doorstep. I don't, I just, I don't buy it, bro. How does he get her? How does she get him onto a horse? She's well, because they had horses. Remember, they had two horses where she was. How does she get him onto a horse? Though? I, th- I think like, there's oh, no way, dude. Those Viking women are probably strong as shit, dude. She's like a hundred pounds, dude. I think no. she saved him. A pulley system, mayhaps. She fucking dragged him for miles. <laughs> no, she put his ass on a horse, my guy. She has two horses directly after they talk. So I'm, I'm guessing she stole some horses. And that makes sense. No way she got him on a horse. I'm calling bullshit. I don't know, man. I think those Viking. Her name's Olga. Olga's well, probably got crazy squat strength. <laughs> Dude. Anyway, well, another thing is that he so he wakes up in these hot springs, and he's like he's looking great, honestly. Like I yeah, felt like, like he, he was healed. He got a, he got magical a, hot springs. <laughs> okay, so the so the hot springs are magical, but a Valkyrie can't pick them up. I'm kidding. I, I'm pretty sure it's just you a regular ass hot. It was a regular ass hot spring. I was kidding. What really healed him was the old Gussie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that out. I'm cl- I'm clipping that out. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is your perfect movie might have a little supernatural going on. That's all I'm saying. And I'm just saying one of my favorite parts of the movie was it kind of leaves it up to the audience's interpretation. Yeah, and my interpretation is that that's fucking retarded. Okay, your, no interpretation is, your interpretation is fucking wrong, and that's fine. I do. It's okay. You think, you honestly think <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy can pick, pick up Alexander Skarsgård and put him on a horse. Bro, and I'm just saying this movie no, respects, no, no, it's this movie this movie respects the audience's intelligence and I'm thinking maybe just overestimating You're yours. disrespecting mine by saying some <laughs> stupid shit. Okay. Anyway. anyway that was a tangent. Anyway. He, oh he is saved. He is saved. And he makes it to the fucking hot springs. <laughs> And this next part I really like because he realizes like, okay, Anya Joy Taylor is a ride or die. And my dad was also kind of a shithead. So maybe I don't need this revenge anymore. Yeah. Which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, He's realizing that he doesn't need to do this. um, And he could just run away with her. Because he loves Uh, her. And it is foreshadowed in the beginning that he... uh, of oh god i just forgot her name uh the the lady who talks to him the goddess who gives him the tear she foreshadows that he will have to choose between love for his kin and hatred for his enemy and, right. and he so, says i'm picking love because you're hot. exactly yeah yeah and he's like well my dad was a shithead anyway so what's the point of this revenge 
So he yep. goes off, and they're able to charter a boat that was intended for the... The douche cousin. The douche cousin, who's dead now. So they're like, yeah, we're, he went ahead. We're going to just take this... We're taking this charter. And the, the sailor's like, cool. It's like, I'm getting paid, so who fucking cares? Which is fair. And they're on the way. And then uh, there's a little bit of blood on Anya Taylor-Joy's neck where uh, Uncle Douchebag's knife had cut her a little bit. And then when Amleth kisses her, a little bit of blood gets on his lip. And you see the, the king tree. And you see descending from Amleth are two children. One of them looks like a Viking chieftain. And the other one looks like the Queen of Britain. Yeah. And it's just really cool the way it's done. And he realizes that she's pregnant from this. And she's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you until your murderous rage was, like, gone. But that gives him a reason to go back. Right. Um, this is where he makes the decision. He's because the evil uncle will hunt them down or whatever, if he doesn't stop him here. And so he makes a decision to save what he loves and kill what he hates or whatever the prophecy was. He's yeah, like, he I choose both. both, which is fucking dope. Um, I'm in. And, I think this is where the movie is like brings up another really interesting thing where like a lot of revenge movies there I the I the concept that they deal with is oh once you get your revenge like what happens after you know mm-hmm. that's all Vinland Saga was that that's how that story went where it was like what's the point of it all or whatever this one is like he's fully justified to get this revenge <laughs> and he has every reason to go do it too um which exactly. gives it a, a, a different flair. Yeah, and the reason that he decides to go back and finish the job is because he's like, damn, I definitely just iced the oldest son of this guy, and I, like, I can't go off with Olga and live peacefully because he's going to hunt us down, and now my family is going to be in danger because I just committed this atrocity on this man's family, so I have no option but to go finish the job so that... The, you know, my love and my children can now survive. And right. so that's how he says, like, I choose both. I'm forced to finish this job because I love them. And, and you know, me as an audience member, I'm in. Yeah, I'm like, oh, thank God. We get more fights. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. And after this, because he kisses uh, Anya Joy Taylor, says, I love you. There's no other option. I, I, I tried to run from my fate, but this is what it is. And he jumps and swims away. And after this, it is all gas, no breaks. Yeah, I mean, it's game time. It's all, it's all ready to go. Um, because he is now, he's got everything he needs to do it, and he's got good reasons to do it. So, we basically, we cut back to yeah. the village at night, and he is just disemboweling all these guards. Like, we're not fucking around anymore. Yeah, uh, it shows him sneaking up, and uh, it shows him absolutely cutting down these people, the guards that are stationed outside. He's having absolutely no problem getting through these guys. And then he has a, you know, he reunites with his old friend Voldemort. And he fucking, dude, what does he say? It was the coolest shit I've ever heard. He's like, um, he says like, uh, the, years ago, years ago, your nose was stolen from the cub. The cub is now a wolf and he hungers for the rest. Yeah, dude. And he proceeds to shove his sword through the nose hole. Slowly. Yeah, yeah, very slowly. 
<laughs> you see as you watch the light go out yeah you see like the ocular nerves of this man slowly get severed <laughs> yeah that was fucking sick Absolutely. i'm just gonna th- i mean that's that's a subjective opinion but oh my god that was cool i just want to say like one thing i haven't emphasized is i how eloquently written a lot of the dialogue in this movie is like one of my yeah. honestly one of my favorite tangents is like when the king is about to get his head cut off by his uh by his brother i can't even really remember what he says um because like i don't think i'll do i don't think i'll do the dialogue justice but so much of the writing and dialogue in the film is just just really beautifully written i don't know how else to say it i would say that it has a like an ancient style to it but it's not obnoxious yeah well I, i understand exactly what they're saying but they're not talking like we do, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's just really well done. For sure. Um, and then we get a little bit of, you know, uh, family killing here. So. Well. So Amleth sneaks into uh, the the king's house, and one of the things I really liked was so he like he gets into the room where he met the mom, where the mom sleeps or whatever. He's just trying to find the king. Or, so he's going to their bedroom, which is where he was. So he goes in and he doesn't see anybody. And so the first place he checks is the place where he hid like the two nights ago or whatever, which is behind the rug. I didn't even notice that. That's really smart. Yeah. I, was, I noticed that and I was like, oh, wow, that makes like a lot of sense. That's where I would check too, you know? Um, which is also why he gets ambushed by the mom and his, and he's, his back's to her. Because yeah, she comes out of the like the closet. Yeah, and so he proceeds to get slashed because his mom's coming at him hot, out oh, of nowhere. Sword. And, um, <laughs> so I mean, there's no way to say it. So he has to stab her. He like stabs her through the heart, and you know he's horrified from that. And, and I then, just want to say oh. before we <laughs> keep going here on this on this fun train, um. You, like one of the things that you're, I was wondering was whenever he figures out his mom's a bastard, uh, when she reveals her whole plan to him, why he doesn't just kill her, and then he says to Olga immediately after that, "I don't want to kill a woman, I, even her." Right. Um, it's like against some sort of like his code of honor, but he doesn't really have a choice here. It's like get slashed by her until he dies, or and it's your her. mom. Yeah, that too. There's that. <laughs> that is an element. Um, so he does that, and that was savage. And then the that eight year old half brother jumps on his back and proceeds to stab him like ten times with In a little back because he just shish kebabed his mom. So Amleth just like reaches back and in like one fluid motion throws him over and slashes him. And so in like five seconds, he's killed both his mom and his half brother. And then he looks down the hallway as his uncle walks up and just sees his dead wife and kid at the feet of Amleth. Yes. And um, without, a, without a word, he sheets his sword, puts down his shield. He goes and picks up his dead son, picks up his dead wife, and says, Tomorrow I will meet you at the gates of hell, and there you'll be killed by the same man who killed your father. And then Amleth looks at him and says, and at the gates of hell you will find me. 
<laughs> that's all they say to each other and then you get like a five second shot of the uncle walking away dragging his dead wife and kid behind him and you're like okay damn damn that's crazy let's go to the gates of hell and then thank god this movie is just great because it doesn't waste any time we clip to the gates of hell the <laughs> next day yeah um you have a nice little moment where Amleth is looking at the dead family and he like pays his respects mm-hmm. and then he makes his way up the volcano. And it's just super cool. One, one thing that I do like is that Amleth is definitely seriously hurt by the damage he just got from the mom and the brother. Mm-hmm. Or like he's he's like he's lost like way too much blood for a human or something. And he's like barely standing or sitting on his horse. Um which is how he is during this next battle, I would say. Right. Amleth is definitely not in his peak physical condition, or else I don't think it'd even be a contest. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, where it's like, this whole movie has shown him to be an unstoppable beast, but now he basically has no blood, <laughs> so it's a fair fight. Yeah. And then basically, Amleth walks into the smoke and comes out the other side like a lost, or like a Dark Souls boss. And as he walks through, you basically just get Amleth in a uh, in a fucking loincloth with a sword and a shield fighting his uncle who's in a loincloth and a sword and a shield on top of a volcano that's sputtering fire and lava and black smoke. You got the Viking choir chanting in the background and these dudes just duke, duke it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, One shot, that- good fight scene. These guys are like peak athletes. I mean, they both just look insane. Like they're shredded to shit, covered in smoke and grease and hatred as they try to just beat the ever-living fuck out of each other with these swords. And they don't even say anything to each other. They're no. just going in. They're just, I mean, they're screaming at each other. They're going crazy, bashing each other. You expect um, there to be like a monologue, but no, right off the rip, they're just going for the kill, which is great. You know, it's more realistic. Um... And then you see the uncle kind of get the upper hand on Amleth. Yep. Uh, and then it's, I think like the facial uh, like acting is just great too. Cause like Amleth is kind of on his knees. Cause he's been like beaten down. He's like lost his shield and the uncle's looking no at him blood. like, yeah, that dude has like literally a cup of blood left in his entire body powering him. And his uncle's kind of looking at him like, yeah, pussy ass, you know, you thought you had it, but you're done. And Amleth like enters rage. I don't know how else to say it. Like he just starts like, yelling with determination and screaming and he like stands up and parries the sword and you see him in slow motion cut off his uncle's head and you think hell yeah Amleth won but as the you get it's like a an orthographic shot um and then as the uncle falls backwards you see like oh shit no the uncle's sword is still buried in the side of Amleth's chest and they right. double killed each right. other yeah they both killed each other Mm-hmm. which um, that's the only way it could have been that's the only way it could have gone down i agree and so then we have this nice beautiful ending where he like has visions of uh anya taylor joy and his kids and stuff and then he's taken to valhalla by a valkyrie mm-hmm. that's yeah, the end of the movie yeah he sees he sees like a vision of his uh of his wife and his two children like grown up kind of like solidifying that he <clears throat> saved their future and then the, he goes to Valhalla, and that's it. That's where we end. Boom. Amazing. Boom. Well done. 
Yeah. Do you want to do you want to start us off with your finishing your closing thoughts on the film? Closing thoughts. Um, uh, this movie gives me everything. It gives you everything you want. We talked about this at the at the beginning of the podcast, where it's just it's got the whole package. It's got a good plot, good characters, um, simple premise, easy to follow, great setting and locations, great everything from the production is fantastic. Um, the story was interesting and engaging. Had some twists and turns. You got all the violence. I I was thoroughly happy with all the violence and stuff in a violent Viking movie. I when I'm looking back on it, there's nothing that I was like, oh, I wish they had done this or this or done this differently. Uh, I think that all the introductions of the supernatural really elevated the story too and made it more interesting. It's it's seriously fantastic. I I don't think I have any negatives to say about it. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I'm giving this one a 10. It's easy. All right. Uh, an absolutely banger review from Zach. I echo a lot of the same things that he just said. You know, the film uh, is b- absolutely beautiful. I mean, every shot is gorgeous. You have top drawer acting. Uh, the story itself is is elegant in its simplicity, but its execution, I think, is masterful and brilliant. Um, you know, this film doesn't try to do anything extremely innovative or different with its writing, but at the same time, a Viking revenge story doesn't need to do that. And I think it was completely successful and exceeds expectations in everything that it, that it does. Every aspect of the film that needs to be there is present and more, you know, like, uh, you know, the soundtrack, but also just the supernatural element. And like it gives you the violence and the action and everything, but on top of that, it gives you an amazing cast of characters that are really interesting and compelling. And like you said earlier, yeah, the story is really surface level, but you know, it's not as surface level as you initially think. You know, the twist with the mom, the aspect of the uncle and his relationship with his children, and the fact that he's related to a lot of these people he's killing. There's a lot of depth to it that is unspoken but just elevates the film in so many regards. And you just walk away thinking, I got everything I wanted from that film and somehow even more. It's just absolutely brilliant. And I have to give it a 10 as well. I think it's excellent. Absolutely recommend seeing it. A unified 10 from the Quality Control show. Uh, I mean, that's the seal of approval, baby. Come on. I I don't know what to tell you. Go watch it right now if you haven't seen it. It's incredible. Uh, Yeah, honestly, us explaining it doesn't even do it justice because we explained everything so lame. I think I feel like you know, yeah, we just yeah. said it. Um, the way that it's all everything set up and paid off in this movie is great. Um, yeah. I fully recommend. I yeah the the absolute quality of this movie defies description. It is also, an experience you have to you just enjoy yourself. Also, I just want to add that it's it was so refreshing to have your main character be like a force to be reckoned with that had his his own. His own will and and power to do things. Um, I feel like that's been a big complaint of mine for a lot of the movies that we watch, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the main character is so lame, or it's like, oh, he's making these decisions that I don't agree with, or things like that. And I had none of these problems in this movie. I mean, Amlet is a monster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, great character. Yeah, and you know, this movie does run on like the longer side of things, and I just feel like. You know, if you, like a training arc sort of thing, I think it just would overstay its welcome in this type of movie and just take too long to get there. It's nice when we just clip over to Amleth and he's this monster 
and the the film can do what it set out to do and not waste time building up Amlet's abilities. Right, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one interesting thing that I want to bring up is that this movie did not do well with the in the box office. Yeah. It did not make money. Um, this, this is one this... of the best movies I've seen in a good while. I think like in the last several years, this is like one of the best movies I've seen, but also one of the most, I guess, unexpected best movies. Like, you know, we walk into Infinity War and we're just like, this shit is going to be a banger. We already know it. But with this movie, it's like it could go kind of either way. And right. it was just incredible. And like you said, it didn't do very well in the box office. This is the second movie that we reviewed that we thought was really good and just was not received very well. You know, um, oh God, the, the Who Done It Night movie with, uh, um, you know, with the three separate stories. I can't even remember the name of the film. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. The one with uh, Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called The Last yeah. Duel. That's what it was. The Last Duel. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that was a movie that did really poorly, and I think we gave that pretty good reviews too. That's kind of what this feels like. It's like, man, everyone needs to watch this, but no one's watching it. Why is no one watching it? Well, it's not a Marvel movie, bro. People don't go to the movies unless it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, true. It's, if it's, it's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a shame. I think this is super fantastic. I'd love to see more of this. And here we are it's just not making money so the, the odds more, that we get something like this is pretty low yeah exactly it's like the more films like this that we see that are just excellent but just they're not making money and hollywood's an industry and you need to make money the less we're going to see stuff like this in the future which is like these are some of my favorite movies where it's just a stroke of brilliance where the director got to execute on his artistic vision in every way and you just get to soak all that up as the audience yeah, I wonder, I just think it's interesting. I wonder if it's because movie theaters are dying or if it's because people just don't go out to see these kinds of movies anymore. You yeah, know? I think it's like a mixture of both. I really think COVID, like long term, really hurt the the actual movie going experience, which is such a shame because I saw this, when I watched this movie with Zach, it was, a, um, it was not in a movie theater, but whenever I watched it the first time it was in a theater and by God, the theater experience of this movie was incredible. Like it was, I can't even, it's just magical. It was just magical seeing it in the theater. And I would recommend anyone who watches this. I don't think it's in theaters anymore, but I would say like watching this in a movie theater is the way to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's our review. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. I think next episode we're tackling everything, everywhere, all the time. Am I right? Everything, everywhere, all at once. All at once, same, same shit. Same thing. Same shit. Yeah. yeah um, I've heard this movie is amazing. Zach has watched it and confirmed that it is really, really good. So I'm excited to watch it, and then we'll get back to you guys there. Also, before we wrap up this episode, we just want to uh, give a shout out to one of our listeners, uh, Mr. McCabe. Thank you so much for being a fan of the podcast. We really appreciate your support. And, um, you know, thanks for absolutely our favorite right. listener. Yeah, absolutely. Our favorite listener. Thank you so much. It's because of uh, people like you, you know, that we make this show for. So stay tuned and we're going to keep pumping out content. We'll catch you guys next time. See you guys.